America sinks into a recession with second quarter GDP numbers. Joe Manchin signs the landmark climate deal. Build back better extravaganza continues. Economic strategist David Tice will tell us what it all means. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has the world's attention on our trip to Asia, and more so that potential stop in Taiwan. Xi Jinping says don't come, and the CCP controlled global time says if the U.S. fighter jets escort Pelosi's plane into Taiwan, it is an invasion. And I quote, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer is here on that big story and reports that Vladimir Putin of Russia, stronger than ever, our sanctions have backfired. Wow. And then Dr. Li Mengyang on the explosive Senate report that China has targeted Federal Reserve employees in an attempt to undermine American monetary policy. What else could go wrong there? Another big viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Albuquerque. Well, there is no bigger story than the economy here back at home, but today on Viewpoint, we'll take really a tour around the world and, and give you a whole lot of insight over the next hour, uh, my fellow Americans. So uh, buckle up and let's get right to it here. Uh, we'll start with the economy now. Big news here is the second quarter. Uh, you see the definition of a recession. Everybody knows what that is. And guess what those numbers were in the second quarter, which means we are in a recession. But he here's the thing. I think most Americans knew this already. You didn't need uh, tea leaves to figure this out. Uh, uh, let's get started there. David Tice joins us. He's an economic strategist, the founder and portfolio manager of the Beerus Mutual Fund, Prudent Beer Fund. They managed that from 96 to 2008 and uh, did some record numbers. They had 1.6 billion uh, before he sold that. And uh, David, uh, uh, let's start right with this economy and the, the headlines I speak about there. Now, everybody knows this uh, when you get that, you know, second quarter numbers, that's the key to know if you're in a recession. What I, what I find telling with the headlines is, as always with these kinds of stories, there's a lot of cover-up happening, a lot of political cover-up. Uh, clearly, depending on what their position was with the administration, some of those headlines would be more in your face and would be more negative. This was really soft-sold to the American people. Uh, what does it mean in your view? Any surprise with those numbers in the second quarter, number one? And two, what, what does this really mean in the, in the scope of things? Well, good to be with you and your listeners, Malcolm. I'd say it's no real surprise the Atlanta Fed was signaling that Q2 was going to be a decline. And so we had two sequential declines in real GDP. So therefore, we are in a recession. As you mentioned, uh, the politicos, the heads of administration, U.S. presidents, they never like to talk about uh, recessions. In fact, you know, the word oftentimes is banned because they don't want individuals, family members, you know, people around their breakfast table to be talking, oh my gosh, we're in a recession. We better cut back. We better spend less. They need 
them to go out and spend more, go into the shopping malls, et cetera. And therefore, they're not going to be totally transparent with with us. Yeah. One of the best quotes on this I've seen actually came from uh, Tucker Carlson, and uh, uh, I'd like you to mind on this. It's, it's, it's quite something. He says, and I quote, it took well over a year and a half for the Biden administration to destroy the American economy and drive this nation into a recession. Now the Biden administration won't admit that we're in a recession. In fact, they've actually redefined the word recession, just as they've redefined the word democracy, racism, and woman. Uh, quite a quote indeed from Carlson. This whole trickery of words that they use in political speak, uh, which again, a lot of people, they only read, remember, people only read their favorite news stories or part of the news, so they really never get the other side of things. We see what's happened over the past year and a half, as Carlson points out, what's taken place. And we've had an abrupt uh, turnabout here in the country. What do you see in the immediate future? I think what people can expect is a recession and a significant recession. And they need to realize that the Fed is still raising rates. So they are still yeah. tightening yeah. and there's still probably 50 to 75 basis points of tightening ahead. And this is happening in the midst of a bear market, in the midst of a declining economy. This is virtually never done. And therefore, that is bad news for the economy going forward. Rising rates is going to slow the demand side of the economy down further. And therefore, I would expect a significant recession. All right. Now, the timing of this is interesting to me with the midterm elections coming quick. You don't always see this on the verge of a, of a midterm like this where they played probably their strategy. I think many people would argue a little reckless. Um, but uh, unless they really believe what they're doing with the spending, which we'll talk about in a, another moment, the additional spending that Manchin has agreed to. Uh, so when you say, you know, going on further with the set recession, the midterms there, what, what are your thoughts now? I mean, uh, is this go right? I mean, are we going to stay pr pretty deep into the pocket here throughout, you know, over the next election and between there and the midterm? What, when do you, what's, your, what's your gut tell you we're going to come out of this thing? Well, my gut's telling me that Republicans are going to have a big win in the House, probably take back the Senate. Biden looks more and more pathetic, you know, every time he opens his mouth, it seems. Uh, therefore, I'd say that Democrats are going to try to do whatever they can to, you know, prevent a severe loss. I'm not sure what they can do. Uh here there's talk now about monkey pox picking up who's to say what's going to happen you know a outside third standard deviation event to try to uh reduce voting for republicans in november we're still several months away i'd say there's lots of wild cards out there but right yeah. now i'd say we're going to have a greater slowdown in the economy and we we're going to see republicans pick up seats yeah uh, I, what i take out of what you're just saying I'm, I'm glad you put it out there uh we cover that a great deal on the platform here and when you speak about monkeypox 
and clearly overstated as we've covered this past week with Dr. McCullough and I. I mean, the, the numbers just don't add up and it's not a global pandemic as the World Health Organization is claiming. It just doesn't even come close, not even in the ballpark. Uh, but you've laid down something with a lot of, um, well, surely Republicans, conservatives and American patriots really are concerned with. And that is they're going to throw another, well, how do I say monkey wrench uh, into the program prior to the midterm elections uh, just to screw things up a little bit. Is that that's kind of what you're saying there? And that's hard to predict. I mean, that will truly be a uh, one off situation that I'm not sure how we can predict it. But I think you and I and our listeners have seen lots of these things happen like that before. And who knows if it didn't come again? Yeah, indeed, indeed. All right. All right. Let's talk about Joe Manchin now. This was uh, quite a turnaround. Nobody kind of knew this was coming. Shocked a lot of people. He had really become, well, almost say a conservative hero in some ways, but uh, because he had been the firewall of the past, what, year, uh, blocking all of this, this build back better to insanity, some people would say, a program. Um, Now, The Atlantic had an interesting piece about the deal. I want to get into the climate portion of it in a moment here. Uh, and in a move that seemed to shock everybody, and it did. Uh, but this thing focuses on the federal budget deficit, the reduced greenhouse gas pollution, invest in new energy infrastructure. And there was a piece of health care in there as well, which Manchin wanted, as I recall. Uh, now, the Senate aims to vote on it this week. Uh, it looks like it'll go through there because they have the votes, it, it appears, unless something dramatic happens. Uh, so this is more spending. Um, I mean, what is it? And what, and what is your belief on that philosophy? I mean, they seem to think that more spent. I mean, I mean, le- re- really, legitimately, can you spend your way out of a recession? <laughs> yeah, and we all realize what a dramatically bad fiscal situation that we are in. And there's actually been a fiscal slowdown recently that's causing the economy to slow down. Uh, Frankly, we're whistling past the graveyard here, in my opinion, with this uh, climate change bill. And this was a big surprise, and this was not expected. But I tell you, I think we are staring a recession in our face. We are staring China in in our face with this recent two-hour call with Biden relative Mm -hmm. to Taiwan and Pelosi going to uh, (laughs) Taiwan. We, we look at Ukraine and where we are with Russia. You know, frankly, there are some bigger issues that we ought to be dealing with mm. right now than the, than these climate change issues. Uh, but this is where we are. Yeah. Well, remember now, and I just want to remind our listeners that throughout the campaign, uh, Joe Biden uh, kind of pulled in Bernie Sanders. He needed that support on the left Marxist part of the Democrat Party which has really taken all the oxygen out of the room, as you know, David. And that unity task force they did with the New Green Deal and the whole AOC was really slipped into the whole agenda. Biden was kind of his people, I say, his handlers were pussyfooting around for the past year and a half, knowing when to do that. This seems to be the launch into that. This climate energy in particular is a landmark bill that's being called. It authorizes 369 billion smackaroos of new climate spending. This is the largest investment in emissions reduction in our history, to remind everybody. This is no small thing here by any stretch. And uh, 
it, it, you know, it's all about this climate change. In fact, uh, Sam Ricketts, the co-founder of Evergreen Action, as uh, a climate think tank, says this is it. This is a real victory. So they're celebrating uh, with this. And it's, uh, you know, th there's tax credits they're putting forth. I don't know if you've seen that. And there's $7,500 rebate for new uh, EV purchases to try to, you know, uh, well, I don't know what you want to call it, bankrupt more of the Treasury, but certainly get people to pull into that electric vehicle uh, pathway, you know, to get the country off fossil fuels. Clearly, this nation was not ready for this. Uh, turn to go to wind and solar. We're not nearly prepared or green energy. We're not even anywhere near that field. This whole energy fight is remarkable. What do you say as a as a numbers guy and what they're doing now with the numbers being put into this? How does this play out? Do you think they could pull this off by chance? I mean, is there any way? I mean, everybody I talk to, there it doesn't seem even remotely possible for us to become, you know, clear of fossil fuels. You know, this is ridiculous. I mean, we saw what happened in Texas two years ago with yeah. the winter storm. I'm doing a documentary about the vulnerability of the power grid for us to become even more dependent upon the grid. Crazy right now that we are going in this particular direction. Let me tell you about uh, this uh, film real quickly that David has out there. And uh, I actually had him on the uh, Voice of a Nation, our uh, daily program there. Grid Down, Power Up is the name of that film. Uh, and he it's a remarkable project that is due out uh, next month. Uh, and I'll give you a website here. But anyways, this is to raise awareness. This is a serious uh, problem here, as he talked about, the threats to our national electric grid uh, and the, the problems we face from not only foreign adversaries, many of the things we're talking about here, uh, but also uh, a natural event that could put us in a, a real hurtful situation. The uh, I want to tell you, go check it out. And there's a link right back at AmericaOutloud.com on the top left sidebar, you'll see. But it's griddownpowerup.com. Uh, and you'll get a whole lot of information. There's a trailer there as well of the film coming up. Very striking film. It's a documentary. It puts it all in perspective. And David has worked really hard on that. So check that project out as well there. Okay, some of the talk coming out of uh, China, at least uh, some of the uh, being called propagandists are uh, suggesting that they may blow uh, Nancy Pelosi's plane out of the sky. Now, uh, well, I could follow that up with a whole lot of uh, commentary uh, if this was a late night uh, program, uh, but it's not. And so I'll bring on Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer to comment on that otherwise. Uh, Tony is the president of the London Center for Policy Research uh, as a CIA-trained intelligence operations officer, over 35 years' experience in global national security. Uh, Tony, always uh, a privilege to have you join the program. Thank you, sir. Oh, Malcolm, always uh, great to join you and your audience. I appreciate being on. And uh, yes, I, I just I don't think the Chinese understand what they're saying. It's like that. Uh, <laughs> it's like that uh, that thing out of uh, the Princess Bride. I don't think you uh, understand the meaning of that word. It's like. It is like, uh, I don't know if a lot of people would be really all that upset with that, but I just don't think China China wants to do that. It's like, I don't think you know what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a, it's bluster. I know that um, it's ironic that uh, the people who are most supporting Pelosi's visit are the Republicans, which is fine. I think it's a good idea. And it just goes to again, illustrate the Chinese communists really don't understand context. Like, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a good idea. 
you know, a lot of people wouldn't really all be that upset with it. But, you know, if you do it, you're, we're going to have to respond and it's going to be bad. Right. So, so do, you, do you think it's so let's just ask it straight out. Uh, yeah. Is, is it a why? First of all, forget what they said about. But is it a, a wise move, a good move, a proper move for the speaker to be visiting Taiwan at this time? So I, the answer is why not? Uh, again, I think uh, we need to strengthen and sustain our relationship with Taiwan. The people they they are the Republic of China, not the People's Republic of China. They are the ones who actually have a, a republic and are trying their best to to maintain a, a level of of representative government that uh, is is in our interest. Uh, with that said. Um, the, the the Democrats more than any other group have caused, I think, the real confusion about policy. I mean, Biden himself said we would respond with military force to a uh, PRC attack on on uh, on Taiwan, which has never been clearly articulated as policy. Although I think that's the right policy, we should articulate that. And then he backs off on that. So all of the different chaos is caused by the Democrats, not the Republicans. It's kind of like, yeah, we. I think the Republicans have been very consistent in, in, in pushing for the sales of weapons to, to, to Taiwan, the, the close relationship with them. And the honest answer regarding any interest in Taiwan is the fact that they have become the foundry of microchips in, I think, something like 90% of all uh, vehicles made today. So... Literally, they are the foundry of of automotive uh, chips. Period, uh, and any any disruption in that would harm all nations, to include the PRC. The PRC, despite the the rhetoric and bluster, actually depends a great deal economically on their relationship with Taiwan. So, as much as I think uh, the PRC would love to have. Uh, political dominance over Taiwan. Mm -hmm. The reality is any military conflict would degrade a, the global economy to the point of where I think the PRC would literally be cutting off its nose to spite its face if they chose to take military action against Taiwan. By extension, taking military action against Nancy Pelosi, while, you know, I look at it and it's like, wow, that's an interesting proposition mm -hmm. i still think it's a bad idea and i don't think they want to do that mm, yeah it, it got a lot of people's attention to be sure yeah. you know um, i want to in regards to uh taiwan and china policies you mentioned yeah. uh, you're right i mean okay there is a well a growing number of the gop are back in pelosi on the taiwan trip now some could say that's a game of chinese checkers uh and, uh, and potentially they are um, encouraging some sort of a rift with China to further complicate the Biden administration agenda. As you just stated, they're all over the road with this thing. You understand the strategic nature of China right now and what they are doing all over the world and surely in the South China Seas uh, and, uh, and how they handled Hong Kong and what's happening with Taiwan now. Now, a lot of folks think they're getting ready to make a move. They've been watching uh, very strategically what's happening in Ukraine and Russia and how the United States has responded or not responded, and NATO as well, by the way. Right. Right now, there's a, I hear a lot of reports about them watching our forces, what's going on, what's taking place. Are we are we uh, inviting a bigger fight here? I mean, and I know you mentioned the importance of Taiwan, but 
at what cost is it, let me ask you straight out because listen yeah. listen the fact that we are relying on taiwan for anything is as stupid as we're relying on china for our pharmaceuticals and our meds is just dumb policy i would suggest to you back from our country that we do this continuously we put ourselves in these pickles continuously uh, to be dominating uh, dominated by other countries for these kinds of necessities and products that run our economy and our lifestyle it's stupid policy so putting all that aside, which is really, again, dumb policy, um, what about uh, the fact, I mean, what if China is not blustering? I'm not talking about blown or plane out of the sky specifically. Yeah. I'm talking about with Taiwan in a bigger picture here. Are we picking a fight that we can win at this point? Or so is this I, inviting a bigger problem, Tony? To your point, why should we be yeah. worried about Taiwan if they get invaded what happens to our economy well it crashes well why is that because we've become reliant on something that we should be producing ourselves Jeez, it's, so. it's crazy I, I yeah. just I can never wrap my arms around the stupidity of how we deal with these kinds of things but we are we're at the mercy point of these kinds of products and conversations of so many countries uh, just look what's going on, and we'll talk about Russia in a moment with, with energy and oil and gas yeah. and what they're, you know, you become a Well, slave. they were warned. Yeah, yeah. the Europeans yeah. were warned by President Trump personally. He got yeah. up on stage and warned the Germans at the UN saying, hey, your That's reliance right. on, on Russia is a bad right. idea, and the Germans laughed at it. So, and, yes, yeah, I'm, you're you're exactly right, and that and that's a good reminder for folks. But I think China, a lot of people would suspect they're not just playing little games anymore. They look at the administration of Washington being very, very, very weak. They look at what's happening around the world, and a lot of people believe this is their moment to strike. Is there any reason you think they won't strike now? So uh, I'm not a neocon, uh, but I'm not one who believes that we need to be passive as a nation. Uh, I actually debated uh, uh, Ron Paul one time. when he, As a matter of fact, I was in John Stossel on Fox Business and debated oh, yeah. uh, him on this issue when he started running for president back a long time ago now. And I, basically his idea was, well, why should we be the ones who provide security for the lines of communication uh, all around the world? Why we don't get paid for it? It's like, yeah, we don't. But it's a if you abandon uh, basically protecting the supply lines, mm -hmm. uh, the, the basically the commerce of the world, you leave that, uh, that vacuum is going to be filled by people you don't want to have to deal with, and that's going to be China. So to that point, I think we have to recognize China has stated its objectives to dominate the Pacific Rim as a beginning and then eventually replace us as the global uh, empire. And, and, you know, I, look, I don't say this because I want to brag, right. but after World War II, Malcolm, we essentially established ourselves as the global uh, kind of uh, force to be reckoned with. Although we've tried to support the United Nations, hasn't worked out well. We've tried to do things to, to create conditions for a greater good. And, and I think that's in our nature as a nation. With that said, if we step away, if we don't continue to essentially uh, put America first, and by putting America first, that doesn't mean we America only. That means that we would work to make sure that we and our allies are able to uh, have protected and effective commerce, like we just discussed, for better or for worse, we do encourage uh, global commerce. Mm -hmm. uh, if we don't do it, China certainly will. Well, a lot of China people would agree, Tony, good. with what you say there, but but it, but you have to have the whole deck of cards to be able to play that hand, right. you just said. And, right. we, and let me just, and I hear everything you said, and I, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you. 
But, but I, I would suggest to you or argue back, we don't have that deck of cards anymore. We don't have that hand to play. Well, that's part two. Yeah. So part two of what the, my comment is, yeah, okay. you have to have effective leadership right. who is respected by global leaders to do that. And we don't. No. Uh, it's, it's a joke. So Joe Biden is compromised. Let's just be clear on this. Joe Biden is compromised because his son Hunter has paid him a certain, I think it's been uh, proven very clearly, and I think it'll be proven in the court of law before too long, that uh, Joe Biden took money via Hunter from both China and Ukraine. And that's one of the reasons you see these unmitigated disasters of bills. For, who, who gives $40 billion to Ukraine without any oversight? Who gives uh, oil and gas from our national strategic reserves to China exactly. for uh, for pittance. Yeah. So that's that tells me he's compromised. Yeah. In any in any rational world, he would be impeached and removed from office for for uh, for sedition, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, and that's what it is. Oh, wow. So the Chinese do not respect that. And of course, the Chinese the Chinese are going to do the PRC is going to do what they think is best yeah. in their interest. Yeah. The only thing holding them back right now. Uh, and I refer to my my friend, colleague, and other senior fellow with London Center, uh, Gordon Chang. Gordon argues, and I agree with him, that the Chinese have far too many internal problems to deal with right now, to straighten out their own house, their own mm -hmm. Chinese Communist Party, mm -hmm. to worry about uh, foreign or ex expeditionary issues. Uh, with that said, if they see an opportunity, if Biden becomes even more obvious in his inability to manage things, then there's no reason to hold them back from being much more aggressive. And I think the more we see... Uh, Joe Biden compromised mentally, the more he's seen as a compromised figure in general, the more uh, potential there is for the Chinese to act more aggressively. Mm. Uh, and I think it's a very good possibility they will. Okay. Uh, I want to get to this other story with Russia and Ukraine now. The, sure. the, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, this happened on Friday, said uh, there should no longer be any doubt that Russia intends to dismantle Ukraine and dissolve it from the world map entirely. Right. Of course, we know right. they would love to do that, clearly. Right. And so Greenfield, uh, Linda, Linda uh, Thomas Greenfield, uh, told the U.N. Security Council the U.S. is seeking growing signs that Russia is laying the groundwork to attempt to, to annex all of the, which we, we know this has happened, in the right. eastern Ukrainian regions, uh, they hold Donbass, sorry, the whole uh, area there in the southern area as well. Uh, it, by in installing these kind of what you call them uh, illegitimate um, uh, proxy officials, I guess, in, in, in the Russia area. Yeah, that, proxy, you know, proxy which, regimes, right. Which is what yeah. they do all the time. I mean, that's right. the playbook, clearly, Tony. So with all that said, um, uh, you know, this... Um, uh, we know what their strategy is and what Russia's up to now. You keep seeing reports and, you know, everybody gets lit about this. You know, there was a story on our platform uh, oh, about a week ago here and I, it irritated the listeners because they thought, oh, my God, you're taking the side of, uh, of you're, you're saying that, uh, you know, Ukraine's having success. You, a lot of people think Ukraine is full of barbaric uh, uh, individuals and not worth the price of day. There's yeah. this argument happening in our country, like, what the hell are we doing? And yet, you know, it's a really a divide and people get pretty lit about this. And if you take one position, they call you out and on and on. And what are you seeing with this whole thing with Russia so, and Ukraine? So people need to wake up. Uh, this is a war of <laughs> oligarchs. Uh, no, it's not. No, no, we shouldn't be taking any side in this. It's not our job to yes, essentially amen. referee between two groups of oligarchs. Remember, uh, uh, Malcolm, the, 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 the Ukrainians are cut from the exact same cloth as the Russians. It's the same culture. And uh, Ukraine, one of the reasons Ukraine was never admitted into NATO is because of their internal corruption, because, yeah, duh, they have the same basic uh, oligarch structure as the Russians do. It's, there's no true uh, rep representative democracy in either nation. 
you know, Putin, wow. Putin's Russia is no more democratic than Zelensky's Ukraine. It's all controlled behind the scenes by oligarchs who run the government. And so basically what we have now is a war over resources. Russia is trying to basically uh, dis, disassemble Ukraine for purposes of making sure that it does not become a competitor to their larger energy interests and to actually take those energy uh, resources which have been discovered in Donbass and the in the uh, eastern part of the country, in the Black Sea, they want to make that and turn it into Russian uh, assets. So that's why you're going to see the partition of, of Ukraine. And a year from now, we're part, you and I are going to be talking about what do we do about the rump state of what's left of Ukraine? It's just going to happen. And I, I, again, I, I, I think it's something okay. we have to accept as a, as a reality of, of that part of the world. It's, it's just the way it is. And it's not our job to jump in. Okay. The globalists like Biden, Mm -hmm. uh, are trying to get us involved. They're trying to, to basically right. antagonize them to the point of where the Russians do something against NATO. Again, I don't think that's a good course of action. Mm, yeah, well, they certainly have played it that way. And uh, so far, NATO has tried to stay out of it. But, uh, uh, you know, I've seen all those reports as well. So, so you think at the end of the day, your sense is Russia does prevail with getting a good piece of Ukraine and Ukraine. There's not much left of Ukraine at that point. That's correct. I agree. And I, th I don't think it's just going to take time. The Russians are going to wear them down unless NATO or some okay. third nation inter interdicts directly. Okay. It's, it's a done deal. Don't you see that also, though, really in, in the real world, uh, Tony, doesn't that also become kind of an incentive for China with Taiwan? Really, really and truly. So, yes and no. I, I think China is clearly watching what's going on with Russia. Yeah. They're helping Russia come through uh, in, uh, swimmingly yeah. Yeah. regarding uh, their economy. I mean, look, the ruble is doing amazing. Uh, they have found markets to sell their oil on. That is Russia to, to China and, and India. By the way, India is helping out here, too. And India is a is not a uh, is a yeah. is a democracy yeah so let's remember here that yeah. you know this is not a clear no. you know uh divide about east and west and all the other issues so i do believe at this point that uh china is watching with that said mm -hmm. i don't think china wants to cut its own throat by doing things which would not benefit it econ economically and i think invading openly right now when they're not prepared would be a drain on the Russian on, on China. And yeah. I think they would do whatever they're going to do with Taiwan with Russia's concurrence, whatever that is. And I think eventually they're going to say, hey, we're all in on the idea of, 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 of the PRC dominating uh, uh, Taiwan. But again, everybody's going to have to look for alternate sources of chips, uh, alternate sources of a number of electronic things. So I think I don't think they're ready to go, the Chinese yeah. PRC. Well, we should have started those programs already as far as producing yeah. these products, uh, oh, as yeah. well as other products that we rely on China for the mainland as well. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, there needs to be a bigger effort with with uh, not buying these products, but you've got to produce them elsewhere to be able to have them or you're going to right. close down part of our energy. So, all right, we, we'll watch that all carefully. Now, I, I, I want to get this one of the story because it is really something else. And I believe you'll have some strong opinions on it. So I see a couple of pieces interesting, Tony, in regards to the January 6th committee. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a kind of thing that is a, a full uh, three ring multifaceted circus act, to be sure, with all the politics uh, circling this thing, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on what the goal of the sixth is. 
I'll just point you to two uh, pieces, two particular editorials out there, and and I'd like you to opine. One is Politico, and they say, uh, the political playbook, it says, an unmistakable map to charges against Trump. And they lay down all of the various committee, bing and bing and bing, the, 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 the dot, the dot, the dot, you know, connecting the dots more or less. And then the Washington Post, Justice Department investigating Trump's actions in January 6th criminal probe. Any doubt in your mind that I get the sense there's a big shooter drop here with this whole thing, which is why Pelosi, uh, being uh, the strategist she is, uh, she may be older than dirt, but the point is she is um, very much a strategist uh, that uh, that she's playing this the way she is. But do you get a sense that this is going to come to a head just here and that t- Trump is uh, the uh, obvious it, target? Nancy, Nancy Pelosi is uh, thinks she's uh, much smarter by half than what she is. This whole thing, they just passed this uh, so-called assault rifle yep. legislation. It's not going to go anywhere. I mean, it's in the Senate. Yeah, it's dead. And and be, but she, you, you saw glee, how gleeful she was about this, about the idea of removing uh, weapons from law-abiding citizens. Uh, same with January six. Look, uh, they've overplayed their hand. There, there's not going to be charges against Trump for two reasons. First, uh, I think you've got to have a clear predicate for a crime before you can charge someone. And uh, but where they're at right now, Malcolm, if you've been paying attention to the to the uh, what's being regarding the content of the of the recent hearings, they're now saying, oh, Trump didn't act appropriately. Well, not acting appropriately is not illegal. Uh, it's all a matter of opinion. So if that's the best they got is that, oh, you know, he didn't respond quickly enough. Well, you know, you could basically uh, put half the country in, in, in jail if that was a you would lock all of you'd lock all of Washington DC up to right. be sure. <laughs> so so it's like, yeah, that's not gonna fly. And then Merrick Garland, yeah. as much as that he is a partisan, he is not a, a fair attorney general. Uh and I've dealt with a few attorney generals in my time. Yeah. Uh I, I feel very confident in what I'm saying. While he's not a while he's not a, a fair arbiter of justice, he's not stupid. And to basically charge hmm. Trump would create a martyr. Trump would become a martyr. And I think it would it would be uh, like the scene in uh, Star Wars when Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, you know, I will come back, uh, you know, no. even stronger. And I I think they recognize that, too, is like if you want to see a super ultra MAGA, you got ultra MAGA now. You, if you want to see super ultra MAGA, you go and die Trump. And I, I don't think they want to. Do so that. you then believe then this is really just to bang him up as good as they can in a, in a full head on collision uh, prior to the uh, elections. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they Malcolm, they don't want to have to deal with the <laughs> the real issues of what's going on. Trust me, it's it's not something they want to deal with. So, no, I don't believe for a minute. They're going to go any further than what they've done. So you you still believe the midterm elections are? Uh, I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, I, I, is, well, let me ask you: Is there too much confidence on the Republican side of things? No, I think there's unforced error, error after unforced error. This whole new uh, thing, Build Back Better 2.0, that they're trying to push through right now, it's going to crash the economy. It, it, but if you, we have a recession now, you will create a depression if that yeah. is passed in the Senate. And, and well, it's going to be passed in the Senate. Yeah, I think you can. Well, if, it, it. if it is, then, then we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're seeing a recession turning into a depression by next year. Unfortunately, the effects won't show up until next year. Look, uh, the one thing uh, that people need to understand, the reason you're seeing the economy die the way it is right now is because 
of energy. Joe Biden has killed the energy industry. Yep, and by doing that, he has, he has cut every aspect of society uh, under, from people commuting to work to uh, industrial level production to farming. Everything is, 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 is driven by energy prices. He has killed it. And then the set part two of this is, is what they're trying to do is the Fed is now going to raise all these interest rates and make it so that there's no capital to invest. That's going to be the second dagger in the heart of our economy, because obviously people, uh, if, if, if they can't get loans, if they can't expand, it's going to contract. So yeah. they're, they're doing everything the opposite of what you would want to do if you want to have a thriving uh, economy that actually does help everyone. Malcolm, everything they say is based on what they're trying to achieve. They keep talking about this transition. They're trying to transition to this build back better economy, which basically makes everybody dependent on, on energy that's derived from electricity, batteries and stuff like that. Uh, but by the way, then if they get it to that level, they can, you, you have to rely on a credit system. Well, they're trying to implement a social credit system, which allows the government to tell people what they can and cannot do. This is all build back better. Mm -hmm. So none of this is by accident. Everything they're doing is meant to do, quote unquote, the transition that they're talking about. This transition is not in the interest of the individual or the republic or the constitution. So I caution everybody, uh, don't get overconfident, but they have to do everything they can to, to vote out this whole Marxist concept of what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic mm. Forum has put yep. forth and is being called Build Back Better. That's what they're trying to do. And they're so far, Malcolm... They're very successful. Yeah, they are. They're, they they are as smooth as a slippery snake in the Amazon. And uh, it is built back better to bankruptcy is what it right. is. And things we need to do to change it. Instead, of what they're saying is, ah, it's not really a recession. You're just not really seeing things. And we're in a transition. So don't so don't sweat it. We're transitioning to a new world order. Mm. So don't worry about it. Yeah. That's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. I mean, there, there's the denominator right there that you lay out. And, you know, for those who were not really paying attention or thinking that, you know, this would never happen, this new world order or global reset or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, it is taking place right now in front of our very eyes. It's right. almost, it's a surreal environment because our world has changed so dramatically in such a short period of time, Tony, that it's almost hard to believe. Tony, right. it, it is always just an absolute privilege to have you, you. You lay it out like nobody's business. One, two, three, four. Thank you, brother, for joining us here on Viewpoint. Oh, I was, Malcolm, I always enjoy our time and, and I appreciate your audience. So thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, at this point of the program, you're probably looking for a little acid relief of some sort. I don't know. But uh, the news cycle can be very, very vicious, uh, my fellow Americans. And it is what it is. Uh, we don't make the news here, uh, but we surely do report uh, and uh, give you the facts uh, so you can deal with it uh, in whatever way you can. Uh, before we get on to the next segment here, let me remind you again that if you're not already doing it, that there's one way and one measure to be have a good immune system and stay healthy, and that is the world of healthy cell. There, there's nothing like it. Their product line is in a micro gel, nutraceuticals, so it's fantastic. Little packages you could take with you. Love to travel with it. Easy, easy stuff. Right out of the package, a good taste and berry, and you get complete absorption of these things into your body. That's the key. If you're taking those chalky vitamins or what have you in the pill form, you're wasting your time. It's not getting into your system. I'm telling you right now the way it needs to. You've got to get onto the world of microgels and healthy cell. There's no doubt about it. Now, immune super boost, vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract, 
this is the way to go. I'll put mine in a couple ounces of water. It's fantastic. Uh, but also take a look at the focus and recall is outstanding. And it helps us with brain power. A lot of people struggling with brain fog from long COVID. This is the product, focus and recall. Let's come over tangerine orange chase, whereas the immune super boost has a berry taste. Really fantastic. Again, micro gel still. And REM sleep is another one we brag a lot about here because it gives you the proper sleep you need. Another micro gel product. Take a look at those products back at HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 20% off that first order. Just take a look at that or click the banner ad back at AmericaOutloud.com. But take a look, friends. Healthy Cell. Uh, there's no other product like it. I've been taking it for over four and a half years and I surely uh, swear by it. So uh, take a look there. Let's take a quick pause here. We'll be back and haven't talked to her in a while. Looking forward to Dr. Lee Meng Young and we'll get into all things China. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulvidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Outlaw here, yours truly, and uh, always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to our dear friends around the globe. Thank you for making Viewpoint this Sunday the number one program on the network. Um, it is tremendous, uh, and we appreciate it. We've been doing this now, this show here, for Wow, well over four, four and a half years. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, right? And uh, so, and we report the news and always great to have great voices and opinions here. Uh, and up next is another one, a dear friend of the platform and program here, Dr. Li Mengyang joins us here. Uh, she is an independent virologist. Uh, she was the whistleblower who called out the CCP, but more than that, she is on the front lines every day, bringing out the truth, of all things, not just within COVID land and all of that and the labs, but political and what's behind the CCP and their motivations. 
So when Dr. Lee Meng Young is on, you're always getting a uh, a different look, a different view, an internal look, if you will. Uh, let's start, uh, Dr. Lee Meng Young, with this uh, big story that we talked a little bit about with military up front in the program, and that is the threats uh, that uh, that some of the folks are saying uh, tied to Nancy Pelosi's plane if she should visit Taiwan. And there are two schools of thought here. There are some who think that they could literally do that. Others are saying it's just nonsense. It's just, uh, you know, uh, rhetoric, not much to it at all. With the CCP, I mean, get to a point where they would literally blow out of the sky a United States uh, 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 Speaker of the House like this? Oh, yeah. Uh, especially the situation is very intensive between China and America. And recently, the very biggest thing is uh, Pelosi visiting to Taiwan. And based on this, we have seen that actually Xi Jinping and the CCP, they uh, already uh, threw out the life threat to uh, Pelosi and also other American officials and said if they dare to uh, arrive at Taiwan, and then China is, won't give up the uh, wall to uh, do some kind of uh, hot wall attacking or other ways. And also, they said America will be uh, will perish will be perished because they are playing the fire. However, uh, based on all our understanding about communist China and the Xi Jinping, the more loudly they shouting, so the more cowards they are. And actually, communist China is just a paper tiger, as we always talk about. Uh, Xi Jinping wants Taiwan because, first, Taiwan is so is a very uh, remarkable thing for him, and not only about geopolitics things, but also it means he can reunite the whole uh, so-called China. And then that will be the fundamental achievement for him to become a new emperor for China and then uh, even uh, enlarge his uh, influence all over the world for the next steps. And also because China and Putin, they are uh, very strong allies now. So they want to make the new world uh, order to confront America and other democratic countries. And since things uh, get Taiwan, will be very important because Taiwan holds uh, significantly uh, percentage about the uh, high technology industries in the world. And also this is a uh, geopolitic very important uh, position. And we are, uh, help China to enlarge their uh, boundary uh, in the South China Sea and also even further. So China has more uh, you know, facilities to achieve to the, even break out the second right, island right. chain in the Pacific, uh, in the Pacific Ocean. Do you see in the foreseeable future China making a military move on Taiwan? Is that a reality or or not? So the thing is, when we talk about uh, military, uh, Americans may think about that is uh, like your navy or your army right. or your uh, marine, but in China, you know, they always talk about people's war. Why is people's war? Let me give you a very good example. That's what happened in the North Korea in 1950s. So in that war, actually, China doesn't admit they have sent the troops, right? However, they do send troops for over, uh, I mean, dozens of thousands 
uh, hunger of salt, not some, uh, quite a lot. I don't remember the exact number, but these people are pretend to be volunteers, you know? They don't tell you that it's military. They told you they are volunteers, they are people. So in Taiwan, it will be similar because once China really use their um, formal military or hot war, I mean, I don't think uh, it won't happen. This won't be, but I will say this won't be the priority. For China, the best way is they will use a lot of dirty uh, tricks, tactics to avoid your military surveillance and also uh, kind of uh, break down your uh, visiting to, to uh, Taiwan or even make a lot of chaos in Taiwan. And uh, then okay. it will change American policy toward Taiwan. So more of a long-term strategy to derail uh, relationships, but you don't see, interesting perspective, you say, you don't see a, a complete uh, uh, military operation. I, I mean, uh, you say, if you observe, you listen to uh, CCT's response to Pelosi's visit, you will say, they always emphasize, if America launched the war first, then we won't give up. And uh, also they want America, be careful don't play the fire. So that means they will prepare the military. And, and I mean, as truly they prepared, they're doing the military drills for over half years with bullets, uh, with weapons. Well, one last quick point on this. Do you, do you think it's good policy or a good uh, strategy for Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, potential visit or not to Taiwan, many political operatives and politicians are saying, go for it, go for it. Is this even, should she even be suggesting that at this point, or is this just uh, uh, poking the uh, poking the situation and uh, could, could become problematic? I would say that I really will respect Nancy Pelosi very much if she makes this trip happen, because this means so much to not only Taiwan, but also Americans and also Chinese people and also the future world order. Now, I believe that Nancy and also the other participants who not only from Democratic Party, but also from GOP, I see the very good bipartisan that collaboration. I see uh, Mike Pompeo uh, supported. I see yeah. uh, Senator yeah. uh, Blackburn supported. Oh, they're all, all supported. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, think, you think she should go then? You, you think she should go, this you encourage timing. This is a very important timing, and this is so important for the future mm. uh, okay. policy, uh, international policy. And uh, let me tell you, yeah. China already prepared to get Taiwan based on all our intelligence. Okay. And remember the mobilization that audio we released from People's Federation Army this May? Okay. This all shows that Xi Jinping won't get Taiwan. And he won't do it before America aware of that. And when America aware of that, it's all late. However, Nancy's mm. step to Taiwan this time totally disrupted Xi Jinping's mm. plan. That's why you see China looks like the angry bear now. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, okay. I mean, matter. I, I don't know. It's very, very fascinating. I want to talk to you about this other story that I also find fascinating. I think you'll have something to say about it. I want to bring it to uh, Americans' attention, and that is uh, China. This was a Senate report just this past week. Uh, like, I mean, we pretty well know this, but China is has been targeting 
Federal Reserve employees in an attempt to undermine American monetary policy. Now, we didn't know to this level in this particular field, we know they do this routinely in technology. We know they do it routinely in academic world. We know they do this routinely in the labs, the bio labs. But now we're talking about American monetary policy, Dr. Lake Meng Young, which you and I've never talked about with the Federal Reserve. And I, I want to spend a few minutes on this with you because the, the government, they're, they're targeting uh, specific employees. And they've been doing this at the early reports here, at least the Senate report says, since at least the early part of 2013. Uh, and that this report has been released. And what they're doing is they're, I guess you call it blackmail, but they're trying to find things and threats on their families and their e economic situations. And then, they, which is really, uh, I think, a playbook that China uses all the time. You would probably agree with that. And they're, they're, so the Federal Reserve employees, and there's reports now, Dr. Li Ming, that they have close ties to the People's Bank of China, uh, the, the academic organizations throughout China, and the, the, the state-owned news agency out there uh, is also the media. Uh, very, very close ties with some of the Federal Reserve employees to those people, uh, with the Chinese nationals and others who are um, undermining U.S. policy. What do you say about this story, please? Oh, I would say that I'm not surprised uh, because China has spent decades to infiltrate America and even generations of the agents uh, in this CCP organization have already uh, like almost become pure Americans. And it's very difficult for you to trick uh, back to their connection to CCP, actually. That's how cunning CCP is. However, on the other side, I'm surprising because this is Federal Reserve. It should be highly, uh, uh, highly secure, and also this is so important. So, in, I mean, for example, we have seen in this report, it reveals that uh, many ways how China can push the uh, yeah. employee, uh, employees of the Federal, uh, the uh, Federal Reserve to co cooperate with China. And I know more ways they can do, and there are evidence. And also, uh, you can think about if China had, I mean, in this investigation, we already see something revealed, but image, if they didn't find it, or if there are still some hidden part uh, in the Federal Reserve, and think about how terrible CCP can using Fauci or other people to change the policy during COVID pandemic, mm -hmm. the image, if it successfully happened in America, if America didn't do enough things to stop it, then or such policy changing happened in uh, Federal Reserve, that will be a huge, huge deal. Well, let me say to you, th th this problem spotlights uh, all the problems we're having. I mean, this is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to our technology and our academia and all, all of these, uh, the bio labs, all of these infrastructures that they have infiltrated, like you say, they're very, very cunning, uh, the CCP is, and how they do this. They've made a whole history of this, actually. So we we really can't take anything for granted. They're, they're heavily involved in our entire uh, government here, actually. 
in ways that is not good for America, to be sure. Uh, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, uh, just came out a few weeks back and said, and I quote, the Chinese government is set on stealing our technology, whatever it is that makes uh, the industry tick and using it to undercut uh, the, uh, our businesses and dominate our markets. Uh, this was, uh, and they're set on using every tool at their disposal to do it. This, Dr. Li Mingyang, has been their overarching strategy. It's how we got here, probably. It's how we've had so many problems over the last uh, several, two, three decades. Uh, and why since the Nixon years, since President Nixon opened up that uh, relationship with China, why we're in the position we are today uh, is because we've been very lax in this. Uh, and until we set new policy, we're going to continue to have problems uh, on this. So uh, it, it is a, a bigger problem. I want to sneak in this one last piece of this story here. And, you know, we've been talking a lot on the platform, Dr. Lee Min Young, about monkeypox. It's gotten a lot of folks' attention. There's no reason for it to, really. It, the WHO this past week claimed it a global pandemic. It's nowhere near a pandemic. It is clearly being overstated. We have reported on this many times with Dr. McCullough here on the network and talked about the uh, the repercussions and and it's just not a virus that is very easily caught uh, unless it's a more uh, very intimate relations you have to have to get this thing. Uh, but the CCP, as I understand, and our country has bought a lot of vaccines. In fact, we talked about this last week, I've spent all kinds of money buying these things. And you're talking about the CCP. China itself is going to make huge profits from this monkeypox. Tell us about that, please. Oh, okay. So talking about the monkeypox, actually, uh, so many people come to ask me. What I can tell you now, still at this moment, we don't have the uh, intelligence to uh, confirm whether uh, monkeypox uh, outbreak was caused by CCP or not. I mean, I'm still waiting for more intelligence. However, there is something very important I want to share with our audience that Chinese Communist Party government believe they would have some very good uh, vaccine uh, material, which is, uh, they called it as VTT. It is called Vaccine Near Virus Tian That was the uh, vaccine material. Uh, some people's liberation army scientists made it almost 100 years ago to anti-smallpox. And China actually keeps this uh, very special VTT and then study it for so many, so many years, and they treat it very, uh, very valuable. They want to use it to create like the HIV vaccine or other uh, or chickenpox vaccine altogether. And now this is a good opportunity for communist China, and they believe they could use this VTT to make the monkeypox vaccine and make huge profits. And more than that, they can use that vaccine to kidnap uh, the other government to let them bargain with communist China. And so that's why uh, they are preparing, fully preparing for that. So I want to tell people that uh, don't listen to communist parties' uh, sweet words and don't let them kidnap you. In the monkeypox, I can tell you it's almost impossible uh, to become the pandemic. Actually, I don't think it will be pandemic. And also half of the population in the world has already been vaccinated for smallpox in uh, from 1958 to 1977 or even later, this yeah. can cause the cross protection. So in this case, we can say maximum there will be uh, some uh, groups of cases happen somewhere cause a very uh, little outbreak and uh, maybe high risk population can consider to get some vaccine to protect themselves, but it's not the public health worry. 
good words of wisdom and a perfect analysis there uh, in regards to monkeypox. Um, it is all back at americaoutloud.com. Help us share the out loud truth. Uh, we're liberty and justice for all. Uh, this is the network for all of that. Thank you again, my friends, for joining us here on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.